0: This week, I helped organize a unique event for undergraduate business students as part of a new national society we are launching called J-Biz. We hosted several hundred students representing around 20 campuses and matched them with 10 high-level executives and business professionals for a speed dating with moguls experience. Moderating one of the smaller breakout rooms, I got to hear from some fabulously accomplished men and women. One of the speakers, a woman operating at the highest echelons of Wall Street Banking, described the value of a counterintuitive quality, restraint, while we might envision highly driven, ambitious people as those who constantly conquer new vistas and embrace opportunity, an equally vital trait is the ability to say no, to impose limitations and discipline. We are introduced this week to the fascinating covenantal bond of Brit Mila, Circumcision. On the eighth day, we initiate the male child into this unique union with the divine, The number eight in Jewish thought represents that which transcends the physical. The word Shmona, for example, relates to Shemen, oil, which always rises above the water in which it is mixed. The commentators offer many interesting philosophical rationales, beyond the obvious requirement to obey the divine mandate, for this commandment. Maimonides famously depicts it as a check on unbridled sexual passions, a modest diminution of the physical to emphasize the supremacy of intellectual and spiritual pursuits. Interestingly, we might posit that women, at least as a prototype, trend naturally towards the spiritual, and therefore do not require this limiting agent. In a lecture this week, Rabbi Etan Feiner noted a fascinating connection between this week's special eighth-day mitzvah, Brit Milah, and that which we read about in last week's Parsha, called Shmini. Interestingly, Shmini literally eighth, is the only section of the Torah named after a number, and it begins with the phrase, and on the eighth day. Our current reading includes the same phrase, referencing circumcision, seeming to link these two consecutive portions. As we described in last week's contemplation, Aaron's sons Nadav and Avihu perished dramatically in a stream of fire, because they offered a strange fire. We shared one approach, that they entered the tabernacle while intoxicated, without the presence of mind, appropriate to the moment. Rabbi Feiner introduced a different perspective, arguing that in bringing their unsanctioned gift, these two men had tried to come too close. They failed to appreciate the necessary boundaries between the human and the transcendent. In their own desire to access the full expression of eightness, they failed to recognize their own limitations. In their righteous enthusiasm, they lacked restraint. Restraint is rather unpopular these days. People are not accustomed to denying or delaying the full expression of their passions. If we feel something, we want to express it out into the world. Yet, while I'm not arguing for repression, achieving our full greatness does demand a mature and guided measure of self abnegation. While successful business people have recognized that learning the power of no is key to their material achievements, such an attitude surely is more accessible and durable within a spiritual frame. If life simply involves the epicurean pursuit of carnal pleasures, then curtailing our desires only makes sense as a temporary measure, perhaps in anticipation of greater indulgences to come. But in a spiritual context, if our objective is to access our godliness and taste the divine, restraint is entirely plausible. In fact, it is almost self-evident that we should temper our lusts and channel our drives. If the material is but a springboard to the sacred, and the latter must marshal the former. Incidentally, such a posture can lead to a more satisfying corporal existence as well. Moderated appetites are easier to quench, but ultimately we will certainly enjoy greater fulfillment in our longer term and loftier life goals. Shabbat Shalom.